0: Since the testimony in Derek Chauvin's trial began on March the 29th, more than three people a day have died at the hands of law enforcement. Minneapolis, just seven hours before prosecutors opened their case against Derek Chauvin, a former Minneapolis police officer charged with murdering George Floyd, a Chicago officer chased down a 13-year-old boy in a west side alley and fatally shot him as he turned with his hands up. One day later, at a hotel in Jacksonville, Florida, officer fatally shot a 32-year-old man who the police say grabbed one of their tasers. The day after that, as an eyewitness to Mr. Floyd's death broke down in Minneapolis courtroom while recounting what he saw, a 40-year-old mentally ill man who said he was being harassed by voices was killed in Claremont in a shootout with the state police. On every day that followed, all the way through the close of testimony, another person was killed by the police somewhere in the United States, including the day of the verdict. Now, for me, that trial forced the traumatized country to constantly relive the gruesome death of Mr. Floyd beneath Chauvin's neck. But even as Americans continued to process that case, and anxiously we waited for a verdict, new cases of people killed by police increased. Since the testimony began on March 29th, at least 64 people have died at the hands of law enforcement nationwide, with Black and Latina people representing more than half of the dead. The death, called accordingly by the New York Times from Gun Violence Database, News media accounts and law enforcement releases offer a snapshot of policing in America in this moment. They testify not only to the danger and desperation that police officers confront daily, but also to the split second choices and missteps by members of law enforcement that can escalate work a day's arrest into fatalities. They are the result of what we call domestic violence calls, traffic stops going wrong, standoffs, and chases. The victims often, in their opinion, behave erratically. Some suffering from mental illness, and the sight of anything that comes close to a weapon causes things to escalate very quickly. And their fallout has been wrenchingly very, very familiar. From the graphic videos that so often emerge to the protests that so often descend into scuffles between law enforcement and demonstrators on streets filled with tear gas. Just as one community confronts one killing, then another one happens. Across the spectrum, from community activists to law enforcement personnel, there is emotional and mental exhaustion and the feeling that the nation cannot get this right and will never get it right. How many more losses must the people mourn? The pain of George Floyd's death is still in our minds, and yet history continues to repeat itself. Our community has reached its breaking point. The past week, the mayor of Chicago, well, weeks ago, have... Calls for calm, and as they began to execute body camera footage was released in the police killing of the 13-year-old Adam Toledo. That shaking video shows police officers responding to a call of shots being fired. Then they chased a boy with what appears to look like a gun down an alley at night in really a predominantly Latino neighborhood. You can hear the police saying, stop right now, screaming and cursing. Hands, show me your hands, drop it, drop it. And then a single shot fills the boy and he turns as he, the little boy Toledo, excuse me, Adam Toledo turns, lifting his hand. Other recent lethal force incidents have rocked communities large and small. You have Michael Leon Hughes, 32, a black man shot to death on March 30th. After the police say he used a taser on a Jacksonville police officer responding to a domestic dispute in a motel. I remember Skykey, S- Sky Cape, I think I'm saying that wrong, right? 16, a Pacific Islander killed on April 5th as he flee from Honolulu police in a stolen Honda Civic. And then Anthony Thomas Jr., 17 black teenager in Knoxville, Tennessee, killed by police on April 12th in a high school bathroom after there were reports that a student had brought a gun onto campus. Now, all these killings and many more occurred as testimony in the Minneapolis trial unfolded. Though few attracted as much national attention as shooting of Mr. Wright, less than 10 miles from the courthouse where Derek Chauvin stood trial. The protests erupt in Brooklyn Center after a veteran police officer fatally shot Mr. Rice saying she accidentally mistook her gun for a taser as he attempted to flee during a traffic stop in which the kid was scared. Abigail Sierra, a Minneapolis civil rights lawyer and a member of the Minneapolis Police Conduct Oversight Commission, said it was unclear to her why the officer stopped him for an expired registration, an issue that many of the drivers in the state or having during the coronavirus pandemic. By two aspects of the case, she said were infuriatingly familiar. One, that Mr. Wright was black and two, that the police tasked with delivering him safely to the courts where violation of the laws are supposed to be adjudicated, effectively delivered a death sentence. It's just another example of nothing offense escalated to another life taken. And though there are many of these killings have familiar ring, it is unfair to blame them all just on law enforcement. I agree with that. In a lot of cities, it has to do with people feeling very hopeless. It's poverty. It's failing education system. It's all of these things that are vitally important to the stability of our community. But what stands clear to me is when law enforcement are called into these different communities, It doesn't show an act of compassion, empathy, and there's no skill of de-escalation other than shooting to kill or deadly force. That instability often places officers in situations which they confront individuals who they may feel are dangerous or incompliant. And part of the reason society has been unable to prevent daily encounters between law enforcement and the community is that some people are unwilling to discuss the real challenges of crime that officers sometimes encounter Because most time officers take the law into their own hands, taking other people's lives. There's just so many factors that people have already made up in their mind and they think that law enforcement is based off of race. Because of the actions of police officers. Police officers feel that it's based off of the crime, the situation. If someone else's life is in jeopardy, if they felt that their life was in jeopardy and they don't have the same laws that we have when they take a life. That's clear. The federal and state laws generally hold that officers majority of the time, which really shows all the time, are justified in using lethal force as long as they have a reasonable fear of imminent injury or death for themselves or another person. And juries actually honestly tend not to second guess what might be reasonable for us in that moment. Of the 64 fader encounters complied, compiled sorry by the Times for the past three weeks, at least 42 involved people accused of firearms more than a dozen involved confrontation with people who were mentally ill or in the or, or in some form of a breakdown and at least 10 came from the police respond to reports of domestic violence now there are some dispute the notion that danger rather than bias is more likely to drive a law enforcement officer's reactions which i tend to agree with and what i see sometimes in these encounters with people of color is there's a different aggression There is adrenaline starts going out of the roof. And why? Why? It's because we don't have those experiences, meaning police officers, and their understanding of others, including the black and brown community. And in some cases, it's about humanity. They don't see us in the same humane way that we see ourselves. Since at least... 2013, with a slight dip because of the pandemic, about 1,100 people have been killed each year by law enforcement officers, according to the database, compiled by Mapping Police Violence, a research and advocacy group that examines all such killings, including non-gun related deaths such as George Floyd's. The Washington Post, whose numbers are limited to police shooting, reflect a similar flat trend line. Nearly all of the victims since March 29th have been men. With Black or Latino people substantially overrepresented, a pattern that reflects bro- broader criminal justice research, and most were under thirty; four were teenagers. Philip Stinson, who is a professor in the criminal justice program at Bowling Green State University, who actually studies civilians' killings by members of law enforcement, he said that the most striking aspect of the statistics on lethal police force is how little the numbers have changed in a decade or two since researchers began comprehensively tracking them. And even as people start using their cell phone videos and their body cameras make it harder to hide human error and abuse of authority by law enforcement, and even as social media amplifies public outrage, there's only about 1.1% of officers who kill civilians are actually charged with the murder or manslaughter. So let's get this right. Since the beginning of 2005, 140 non-federal sworn law enforcement officers such as police officers, deputy chiefs, and state troopers, right, have been arrested on charges of murder or manslaughter resulting from an on-duty shooting or those 44 have been convicted of a crime resulting from the incident in most cases for a lesser offense. That could be because many of the shootings are legally justified, right? So because the legal system believes and the laws themselves are overly deferential to the police, that difference protects the status quo in the more than 1,800 law enforcement agencies across the country. All law enforcement is local. So culture eats policy. As As the saying goes, and we have a police subculture whose core elements in many places include a fear of black people, right? The non-infamous traffic stop of a, of a uniformed Army medic who was held at gunpoint, who was sprayed down with pepper spray by the police in Windsor, Virginia, a rural town near Norfolk. Now, this encounter, which actually occurred back in December, was not brought to anybody's attention until the recent month after Karen Nazarell, a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army Medical Corps, filed a federal lawsuit. That body cam footage shows members of the Windsor Police Department threatening and attacking Lieutenant Nazra, who is a black and Latino, after stopping him because he had yet to put permanent license plates on his new Chevrolet Tayo. Now, the footage shows the extent to which police culture has resisted change in much of the country. And we only know about these because he has a lawyer right? And they filed a civil lawsuit and they were able to get recordings that they actually could release. And also he had footage in his own vehicle. Now for many victims of police violence in their families, however, there is no video evidence to rely on. So you try to rely on the honesty of police officers and you try to charge these people court to go to court and you hope that the jury will do their part, but that's not what's happening. Daly City, California police officers were not wearing body cameras when they got into a struggle with Roger Allen, who was 44, was 44 years old as he sat in a car idled with a flat tire on April 7th. The officers say that Mr. Allen had what happened to appear to be a gun on his lap. But according to Stephen M. Wagstaff, the San Mito County District Attorney who was investigating the case, it turned out to be a pellet gun. But an officer fired a fatal bullet to Mr. Allen's chest during that exchange. Now, Talika Fletcher, 30, said that was struggling to come to terms with the fact that her brother, who was a father figure, had joined the grime tally of black men who died at the hands of law enforcement. She said she never thought in a million years her brother would be a hashtag. She has little faith that the dynamic between black men and law enforcement would be any better once her 14-month-old son, Prince, grows up. The cycle is not going to change. And then you have the recent death of Makaya, the little 16-year-old girl that was gunned down from law enforcement office, whose sister called the police because the foster mom called two grown women, the oldest was 28 years old, and I think the other one was 28, to come and handle the 16-year-old because she felt she was out of control. They come to the foster home where the foster child lives to jump her and which the child had a steak knife. When the time the police officers arrived, people were trying to tell them what happened. But the law enforcement was was too busy in their mind and what they have pinned out to try to avoid the 16 year old who was trying to protect herself from stabbing a grown woman that came to the residence to attack her from what the foster parent had called to take care of to handle. I've heard so many speculations about, oh, what they did, what they had to do. Well, she was going to stab the girl. You came to that location to jump on a 16-year-old child. And the only thing that the law enforcement felt that they could do was shoot that child and kill him. So your automatic reaction was, I need to protect this other person who clearly didn't care about protecting herself. If you came to that resident to jump on a 16 year old child, I'm confused with that. Now, let me just be very clear. No, I didn't want the 16 year old to kill or disable or cause any prominent injury to the other person. I didn't because I'm so tired of the black on black crime and black on black violence. I'm so over that. But I don't have pity for someone that comes to a resident to jump on someone and someone is trying to protect themselves. You can have these stand these grown lives and all these other neighborhoods of different races. But when it comes to the black community, I see you with a weapon. I automatically shoot and kill you when we've seen incidents after incidents after incidents after incidents of police officers, law enforcement being put in situations where they're dangerous, their life is in jeopardy and they did not shoot to kill. They found a different way to de-escalate those situations and bring those people in unharmed. So why couldn't this be the same thing? Oh, my bad, because it's a black 16 year old that's already in a hurtful situation already in a traumatizing life already because you're in a foster system for some reason. Who clearly cannot protect her if they're calling other people to jump on a 16-year-old. And if you can sit there and watch that video, I don't give a fuck how many times you look at it and how much you try to justify it. And in your heart of hearts, you tell me that if that was your child, your niece, your cousin, whomever that you love, and that happened to them, that you would feel disgusted, then why are you saying it was justified? Wasn't justified. Nobody's going to tell me that the only option that that law enforcement had was to shoot that child. Nobody's going to tell me that. You come to a situation, the best cause of it is try to de-escalate it. People already, emotions are already up, already flaring, already going. She didn't attack the police. She was attacking the people that came to jump on her. So, no, I'm not making excuses for them, but I don't understand for the life of me how anybody could justify this behavior. Now, 16 year old life is gone. And whenever police officers feel justified in what they're doing, it's okay, because people like you are saying that it was justified. People like you are making excuses and saying it's okay. This was a 16 year old that was already in a troubled situation. She was already not being protected in the first place in a foster system that called grown ass women to come and handle her. And you mean to tell me you can understand that you can look at that video and you feel that it's justified. Get the fuck out of here. Don't have that conversation with me. I'm not having a conversation with stupidity. Go jump off a cliff with that shit. Don't come and talk to me about it because I'm not seeing it your way. And nobody's going to make me change my mind about it. I know how it feels. To be in a situation of confrontation and one thing lead to another and nowhere in that conversation that learned that turned into a bigger altercation that anyone expected to kill someone or wanted to take somebody's life. But it's easy for that to happen to where the, the outcome resolution is, hey, just kill them. Just kill them. And if that is the solution to any situation that law enforcement come into, we are in trouble. And we're talking about, oh, they're putting themselves in dangerous situations. That's your job you signed up for. I ain't never finna tell a person I'm finna be a police officer because I can be unbiased. I can go to a situation and not be scared you're gonna fucking kill me. And the way I'm not gonna react first. Because I'm gonna fucking react first. And then I'll think and process the shit later. I react in a normal conversation before I think and process shit sometimes. So you think I'm going to sign up to be a law enforcement officer when I can't even do it in my own home in the privacy of my own home where I'm going to go into these various uh, situations and be able to handle myself there? If you can't do it at home, you damn sure can't do it in the streets. And I'm damn sure I ain't going to go into what I consider the ghetto or the hood and not be fucking scared and paranoid. So why would I sign up to do a job that I know even on my normal day to day, I don't want to go in that neighborhood. I don't want to go in that area. I don't trust my people to not kill me. I don't trust this white man to not try to rape me. I don't. If I know this about myself, you think I'm going to go sign up to do a job. This is like saying, oh, I'm going to go to the army and I'm going to put my life on the line and I'm going to protect our country. I'm not. I know. I like to believe that I'm not a selfish person. But if you tell me to do that, I'm a selfish person. I cannot tell you I'm going to go to war and run from bullets to protect our country. That's why I respect anybody that do it. But in the same time, going to fight for your country ain't the same as saying I'm kneeling in regards to police brutality and systemic racism. So let's just be very clear about that. (laughs) right. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to close this because I've been going a while now pertaining to this situation. You have police officers that are mistaking a heavy gun to a taser. And taking a person's life. They don't view us as humans. They don't value our life. And it's all... And I've looked at some of the different comments that have gone back and forth. Well, they killed each other. Oh, it's so much black and black crime. Oh, my God. If you care so much about the black-on-black community, then let's talk about the black-on-black community. But don't talk about black-on-black community when we're over here talking about police and law enforcement taking the lives of black and brown people from that community. Because those are two different types of conversation. Okay? Okay. Now, we cannot sit idle and just pretend that what's happening isn't happening. And I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash, which is fine. It's cool. But when I saw this article, I felt the need to, to speak on it and to read it because there was so much truth and factors in regarding to this um, report. And I was so glad that they actually that it was sent to me. Someone sent it to me. And like I said before, there are, there are plenty of factors that go into different situations. I'm never going to tell the police officers that what your, your life doesn't matter because of course your life matters. But when you automatically go into the situation in five, six, seven, nine seconds and your automatic recourse is my gun is drawn. I'm going to shoot and kill someone with a 16 year old child with a knife and you're going to compare a knife to a gun. It's not, it's not the math don't add up to me. It has to make sense to me for me to understand where you're coming from. And until then, I don't want people to sit here and try to have a conversation with me to make me see things that way when I can because I can imagine this happening to me. I can put myself in a situation that I wouldn't want to be in. I know how it would feel if someone that I love lost their life. I have family that have been murdered by a police officer and it was justified to them. It was justified. And people made excuses. People cracked jokes. People made their little comments. You shot someone in the back that was running away from you. They were no threat to you. No threat to you. But y'all justified that and explain that. We're dealing with people that we're supposed to call that's supposed to protect us that we don't even feel safe to call them. And what's happening is you've got a lot of people that stand in domestic violence situation. You got people that are committing suicide. You got a people that are allowing violence and crimes to continue to happen in their community because they don't want other people's lives to be taken by law enforcement officers. that's supposed to come there and help with a situation, not make the situation worse. That's not what law enforcement is supposed to be. They're supposed to be the peace, right? They're supposed to be the protector. They're supposed to be the godder. They're supposed to set examples, and they don't do that. I don't have trust in our system. I come from experience of knowing what it feels like for a police to sit on a witness stand and Lie. Lie. Lie like it's nothing. And then get mad because you won't lie and confirm what they've been spewing because it makes them look even worse. I'm never finna lie on myself to make you feel better. It ain't happening. It's not happening. I've understood how some people will go to jail and stay in jail so that they name won't be tarnished. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I think we need to keep fighting and not give in and not pay attention to the negative energy that people spew about Black Lives Matter is a hoax. Black Lives Matter is is a hate group or, you know, they sending money to all these Black Lives Matter groups and they're not putting the money where they're supposed to. That is bullshit. That is bullshit. We're the only group that goes through this bullshit. Where if we try to build something, all it takes is certain people of a different race to spew negative and we're going to jump on that bandwagon and start talking about it. We don't educate ourselves. We don't go and fact check the shit that we're repeating. We don't pull up the information that they claim is out there because you're going to go to a dead end because the shit don't make sense. And you got families that have lost their lives that were a part of their, their family name was a part of the fight. But they think because their family name is a part of a fight, whatever money has been donated to the Black Lives Matter or the activists, that it goes back to them. And they're not looking at these people that are these activists have a life outside of this organization. These people have jobs. These people have families. These people have to provide. So you think that because these people are providing for their families that they're getting the money from the Black Lives Matter or the donations. And we have to stop that. We have to stop that. If you have people that are stealing, that are getting money sent to different accounts that shouldn't be, I get it. I understand it. But overall, that's not a lot of people. Those are criminals pretending to be for the people. Those are different. And before you donate your money, check it out. Go to those websites. Get that information. Inquire. Don't just send your money all will and near. Let me tell you something. I ordered me some shoes and they told me they were supposed to be some Adidas slippers. Right. I didn't do my research, but I said, oh, they're a good deal. I like them. They're on sale for I think they was like $30 or whatever. The actual price they said was $70. I was like, okay, cool. It took me two months to get those slippers that didn't have no Adidas or nothing on them. I couldn't be mad. You know Why? Because I didn't even do my research to realize that this company is in China and these motherfuckers are fraudulent. And all they're doing, now they made some slippers, but they weren't real Adidas slippers. Now, true, they didn't put Adidas on them. Although, in their publish, in their promoting, they are Adidas slippers, right? And they were various colors. But when you get them, there's nothing on them that says Adidas. And then the website that you go to, all of a sudden it disappeared. There was no tracking information. There was no nothing. And I should have knew then. Never done on me the shit was coming from China. And usually I'm pretty good at tracking where it's supposed to come from. Didn't even dawn on me. So then when I send in a request that I want my money back, that's when all of a sudden the shoes appeared. And then when the shoes appeared, I'm like, this is what I've been waiting on? Fuck, I could have went to, to Walmart or somewhere and got, some, got these slippers so frustrating and disappointed in myself because that's what people do people sell you shit that ain't worth it or shit that ain't real or fake shit and that's on you to do your research to decide is this worthy of me getting you do your reviews you do and I didn't even do none of that I didn't check the reviews I didn't check the website again I didn't do none of that I just like okay cool I, I'm just glad they didn't steal my money Like, take my credit card information and then go back and try to charge for other shit. I'm just glad they didn't do that because easily could have been done because I didn't fact check and I didn't protect myself. So that's what you have to do when you're sending money and donating to these different organizations. And I'm going to go. But you guys be safe out there. And if it's a way that you can record any encounter that you have with police without pissing them off words or without adding to it, protect yourself. Turn your phone on, record, do a live, just have the live sitting with the phone to the floor. Whatever you have to do to protect yourself, that's what you do. Because right now it's just us against them. And it's a lot of them. And nobody wants to disfund, defund and dismantle the police department. Everybody think it's great. Everybody think that if we get rid of these two apples here, when you got a whole tree full of them motherfuckers, that's bad. That everything gonna be okay. You gotta tear that bitch down from the root and replant it. That's what you have to do. And nobody wants to do that nobody wants to do that everybody oh my god how dare you say defund the police department it's so harsh so killing black and brown people for the least thing isn't harsh get the fuck out of here with that shit go jump off a cliff without a life jacket and don't tell me shit about it after the fact because i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear that i don't want to hear that i want better we want better we need better and we deserve better treat us as if we're humans and that's all i'm saying that's my time Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I ask you guys remember to stay true to yourself. Do not let anyone else' thoughts and opinion dictate who and what you think of yourself. Continue to push to be better every day than what you were the day before. When they go low, we go high. Like the former first lady. Let your family and friends know that you love them now, because tomorrow ain't promised to any of us. Protect yourself. Be safe.